2: Locked on sports today. The Pittsburgh
3: Steelers are looking to reclaim their spot among the elite, and they're starting by taking on the 49ers. Plus, Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes have taken the college football world by storm. And who will finish last in the AFC North? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the Camp Miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today.
1: Searching all major
2: sports. Found Let's start with the biggest story.
3: With the NFL not yet started, college football took advantage and played a little Monday night football in Clemson. I mean, they weren't going to lose to Duke, right? Right?
0: For the first time
3: since 1989,
0: Duke football has a top 10 win to celebrate. Tonight, the Duke Blue Devils defeated Clemson, the number nine team in the entire country, by a score of 28-7. to I'm JJ Jackson, the host of Locked on Blue Devils. What a statement win it was for Duke to open up the 2023 season and let you know that last year was not a fluke. Head coach Mike Elko is clearly building something here with the Duke football program. Riley Leonard will continue to be one of the top quarterbacks in the entire country this season. All week long on Locked on Blue Devils, we'll be talking about this Duke football program on the rise as they get set for a very exciting, exciting
3: 2023 season. The history of Mike Tomlin says underrate the Pittsburgh Steelers at your own peril. The guy has never gone below 500 in his tenure with the Pittsburgh Steelers and they come off a preseason in which Kenny Pickett as a second year quarterback okay, preseason, it's preseason. A perfect passer rating and not just throwing checkdowns and dumpoffs, throwing dimes down the field to George Pickens. And Deontay Johnson, Chris Carter joins me now. Speaking of great receivers, Chris Carter from On <laughs> Steelers joins me now. Not that Chris Carter, uh, but still number one in our hearts, Chris Carter. And and Chris, uh, for, for those of us, and it's not me, I love the Steelers this year, who are not valuing the Steelers properly, make the case for them this season.
0: The Steelers, as of last year, were a team that won primarily because their defense kicked a lot of butt and their offense hung in there and made a play at the end of the game. That defense is still going to be back. And this time, they're going to have a healthy TJ Watt who missed two months of action last year on their way Same to their being nine and eight. Very relevant, right? They still have Mike Fitzpatrick. They still have Cam Hayward. They've added to the linebacker room. Alex Highsmith has been re signed. He had 14 and a half sacks last season. Their defense is still going to be one of the best in the NFL, maybe even better than the top 10. They finished at 10th with TJ Watt healthy a whole year, probably better. But this offense has so many breakout players on it you got Kenny Pickett who like you said You know, perfect preseason. Five for five touchdowns on drives that he had during the preseason. Looked sharp all training camp, and like you said, it wasn't dinking dunks. It wasn't just you know, oh, they they fluked their way into this play. They were schemed plays that he understood what the defense was doing and trying to disguise and seeing through it and executing with his playmakers. You got him. You got the the, uh, Pat Frymuth, George Pickens, uh, even even guys like Calvin Austin who are going to be like later, you know, farther down the depth chart who are waiting to break out and a revamped offensive line that's looked really good if the Steelers were able to win nine games last year barring any other major injuries I can easily see them getting double digit wins this year
3: the question I think more for them is where do they stack up in this division because this is going to be a bloodbath of a division with the, the Bengals at the top who are now perennial AFC contenders. You've got the Ravens who've got a revamped offense with Odell Beckham and Lamar Jackson with a new contract. And then the Browns, who knows what to make of the Browns. It starts week one, Chris, against the San Francisco 49ers who with a healthy quarterback, a healthy third string quarterback might have gone to the Super Bowl last year. So out of the frying pan, into the fire for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do they have to do to come out with a dub and start their season off right? Well, one thing against
0: the Niners, they're going to have to show that offense wasn't just doing that in the preseason, that it can do that in the regular season. Part of that will be protecting Kenny Pickett, letting him see the, letting him have the pocket, but making sure that he does see the field. If he sees the field the way that he did at Pitt, the way that he's done early in this preseason and throughout training camp. I went to every training camp practice. I've been to all the, the practices since they broke training camp, and he is consistent. And that is the guy I saw when I covered him at the University of Pittsburgh. He breathes consistency. He, he expects that of his teammates and he's already been just, just as of recently Monday he was voted a team captain even now at that standing. He has that respect along with guys like TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. If they establish that tone on offense and the defense does the, does a similar thing and able to win the, the line of scrimmage, make life hard for Brock Purdy and the Niners offense, this will be a drag-out fight. I think it'll be one of the best games of week 1, but I can totally see as long as Kenny Pickett does what he, what I've seen him do over the past couple months they're going to be right in it, and I think they can get a win.
3: Give me one player who we might not be thinking about who could be the difference maker on Sunday.
0: One thing, one thing I know people know his name, but I don't think people know how good he is, and that's Pat Fryermuth. Hmm. He's a guy who can make plays in the passing game, has gotten better as a blocker, but his chemistry with Kenny Pickett has looked very impressive. They know how to hit several different throws against several different types of coverage to the point where they're expecting each other and trusting each other at different plays. What yeah, I wonder how good he could be this year, but yeah, I've seen these two connect a lot in practice. We saw them connect for a touchdown in the preseason against the Bills. They look like they are going to be a tandem this year and will improve the Steelers in the red zone, who were one of the worst teams in the red zone just last year. Look out for Pat Frymuth being a huge answer for the Steelers offense, especially against this team and how well he matches up with Fred Warner. If they do, if he does well against a guy like that, I think it speaks volumes of what the Steelers offense can do.
3: Stay up to date all year on the Pittsburgh Steelers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Steelers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Deion Sanders is 1-0 as a Power 5 football coach. Before we get to that, a Dodgers pitcher could be making history in the worst way. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. How about some NFL futures? The New York Giants won a playoff game last year and theoretically got better, yet they're 48-1 to to win the Super Bowl behind teams like the Broncos, who were flat-out trash last year. You can also combine bets within the same game to make even more money. Same-game parlays are a great way to enjoy any game. So visit FanDuel.com and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
3: Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher Julio Urias was arrested on felony domestic violence charges and is not with the team as they start a road stint. In 2022, he finished third place in Cy Young voting. Now, he may miss extended time for the L.A. Dodgers. Urias could be the first player to be suspended twice under the Major League Baseball domestic violence policy. Forget Superman, Jerry Jones found his man of steel. The Dallas Cowboys found a gem in 2020 in undrafted free agent Terrence Steele. Now they're rewarding him by giving him the ninth largest contract amongst NFL offensive tackles.
0: Terrence Steele signs a five-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Hi, I'm Landon McCool with the Locked On Cowboys podcast. And right tackle Terrence Steele has signed a five-year extension worth $86 million with $50 million in guarantees with the Dallas Cowboys. And and frankly, it's been a long time since we've seen somebody who's earned a contract as much as Terrence Steele. He was thrown into the fire as a left tackle and a rookie, uh, was much maligned for his performance there, and then went back into the weight room and into the training room and just simply got better in a way that we haven't seen players kind of improve themselves. It was really remarkable. He was able to take that right tackle job from Leo Collins and now is paired with Zach Martin, who also just got a contract uh, as one of the best run blocking pairs in all of football. For more on the Dallas Cowboys, make sure you check us out at the Locked On Cowboys podcast. And for more on your team,
3: check out the other pods on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. The Toronto Blue Jays and Oakland A's went into extras and scored a combined five runs in the 10th as the Blue Jays look to fight into the last AL wildcard spot. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. The few of few's today, right? As the Blue Jays hang on in the ninth to be able to force extra innings, rally for three in the 10th, only to have to yet again hang on in the bottom of the 10th. All told, it's a 6-5 victory for the good guys. La Makina, Jose Barrios, excellent today. And shout out to the huge hits from Kevin Biggio, Santiago Espinal, and Spencer Horowitz in this game. And while we're doling out shout outs, how about Ernie Clement? He's now eight for nine as a Blue Jay with runners in scoring position. Is that good? Holy moly. Now, great stat on the broadcast today. Speaking of runners in scoring position, would you believe the Toronto Blue Jays lead baseball over the last month as being the best team hitting with runners in scoring position? Hard to believe. I know it. Impossible to believe, maybe. But it is factual. And to state the obvious, that needs to continue. And the Georgia Bulldogs' legal issues have now reached the coaching staff as player connection coordinator. And former NFL player Jarvis Jones was arrested this weekend for reckless driving. More than a dozen Bulldogs, players, and coaches have now been arrested since becoming repeat national champions just this past January. When Deion Sanders took the Colorado Buffalo job with all the bombast that comes with it, there were plenty of questions about if the Buffaloes were in fact ready for prime time. If Deion Sanders was ready for prime time. It turns out Deion is always ready for prime time.
1: If you guys haven't heard already, I need you to move out from under that rock you're living under. Coach Prime and Colorado pulled off the biggest upset, maybe in college football history, maybe in college football history. They head to Fort Worth where they're taking on number 17 TCU, a team that, while I've talked about it on multiple occasions, they lost a lot of talent, but people were still saying, oh, they're going to blow Colorado out of the water. They were favored by 20 and a half, as many as 21 points at times. Colorado goes into Fort Worth and punches TCU in the mouth, punches America in the mouth, punches the college football world in the mouth. Um, Let's go over a few things. Um, One, like I said, fair by 20 and a half. Um, I talked about it on every show I went on. I said that TCU team, while they were good last year, completely different team. People told me I was wrong. I said, okay, I'll just take it. I'll just be like, okay, I guess I was wrong. You know, TCU, maybe they're a good team, even though they lost a lot of people and they had to bring a lot of people in. Colorado, on the other hand, Led by Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, bringing 50 transfers, everything's different. Everything has changed. Program has changed. Money's coming in from the program. The the fans have funded 28 million dollars in support of Deion Sanders. Everybody loves Coach Prime, but guess what? People still doubted him. I did an episode a couple days ago. Colorado has the worst roster in the country. Worse than UMass is what they was what was said worse than umass and now we're sitting here talking about a colorado victory over a number 17 team because one people let people let the hype get to them the non-hype i think people got too excited to kind of take a you know what on coach prime in colorado they got too excited about tcu being ranked and making it to the championship last year with a basically a completely different team and so now what happened well let me tell you what happened i'll, I'll break down the score for you 45 42 in Colorado's favor. Um, this same team where people criticize, oh, they have their quarterback played at an HBCU. Oh, their Travis Hunter hasn't played at the Power 5 level yet. Oh, this, that, all the other. They they torched TCU. They literally torched them, made them look like they were the FCS team. Now, obviously, I had my moments where I was like, I want to see if Tra- Shadar Sanders could play at this level. But I knew he was going to be good. I knew he was going to be good. But to say I knew he was going to be record-breaking good in his first day, I, I wouldn't go that far. I knew he was going to be good, but not that good. Um, let's just go Let's go over the score a little bit. TCU wins, or excuse me, Colorado wins 45-42. Um, they hang 565 yards on them. Um, people were, there was criticism. Oh, they're going to be so undisciplined. There's so many transfers. What How are they going to do this? Uh, they only had six penalties. So they did it quite well, actually. Um, first downs. They had 30. Um, they were 9 for 15 on third down, 2 for 2 on fourth down. Um, in a in a college football world where they shortened the game by eliminating um, the clock stopping on first downs and stuff, Colorado still got in 81 plays. 81 plays, and guess what? They were effective plays. 13.4 yards per completion. Um, Their run game wasn't the best. Um, they were 3 for 3 in the red zone, and realistically, this win changes everything for the program.
3: Stay up to date on all the hype in Colorado by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on buffs on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, will the Browns
2: finally buck the trend of being last in the AFC North? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage, this offseason, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast.
3: The Cleveland Browns have a reputation of finishing last in the AFC North. They've been a laughingstock for a long time. And our locked-on hosts are torn on that continuing.
0: It's the same team that usually finishes last, the Cleveland Browns. I think that they they did not grow in the way that they needed to grow. I think that they are a team that right now, that Deshaun Watson, he could take a step up this year with the organization, and again, I'm intrigued to see what that's like, but uh, they did not have the offseason. I think the other teams in the division did, especially with the Steelers. Uh, Jeff, you're making faces, but the Steelers had a great draft. The Browns, when was their first draft pick? The third, fourth round, whenever it was?
4: Elijah Moore was their first draft pick. When was he picked? They traded their second overall pick for him. So their second round pick for him. Okay.
0: My point is this. We've done this show, this divisional show for about five straight years where I've been on it. And Jeff has said the Steelers are going to finish last every year. The Steelers haven't finished last in a division since I was born in 1989. I don't know. I, uh, Jeff, you may someday be right about the Steelers finishing last, but if you do, you'll be batting point oh five. In them, in it for, for saying it for How long? How long you said it? But I think the Steelers are a better team this year. I think they were a better team that we proved they were a better team than the Browns last year, especially with how they finished. And then I think that they've gotten significantly better more than the Browns have.
4: Jeff, I'm ready for the fence. Well, the thing here is, and I, this is why I just want to piggyback off of Jake. This this can kind of like be like a, when you think of a last place team. What do you think of somebody's going to draft top ten? Uh, you know, whoever finishes last in the AFC North, granted the Browns still don't hold a first-round pick, none of those teams are going to be drafting top 10. It, it, it could be one of those things where it's 9-8 and eight and you're on the outside looking in. It could even be 10-7 and seven and you're sitting on the couch watching the playoffs and, you know, finish last in the AFC North. It does seem odd, and we kind of had these conversations last year about the AFC West being that type of division, um, and it didn't come to fruition, but I think that's kind of the feel here. But when we're talking about the fact that we're talking about a draft class, is better than two top 20 defensive tackles graded by PFF, two uh, edge players graded by PFF coming to a team. That is better than any draft class. It, it's a draft class. You don't know what a draft class is yet. So, you know, obviously, Dalvin Tomlinson, Shelby Harris, uh, you know, Kev, you know, obviously, all about Z'Darrius Smith. Um, you know, uh, O'Connor was a great signing. Everybody really liked it. And then all of a sudden now, O'Connor was not even starting for the Cleveland Browns. And that's before you get to Juan Thornhill. That's before you get to, you know, Rodney McLeod. I, I can't do this. The Browns have a hex on them. I get it. I, I, I understand. Well, in 2020, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. The Browns in 2020 put it all together. I think the issue was, excuse me, the floor is mine now. Um, I think the issue was. Oh, so now now you're okay with people not interrupting. You went with an incompetent defensive coordinator. So basically you went from a defensive coordinator to Joe. uh, Joe Woods is currently doing what? Exactly. To um, a big, big time upgrade, of course, here in Jim Schwartz, a guy who has done it, a guy who has proved it, a guy who has brought a Lombardi to a city.
3: Here's the thing. The Browns may just have the best roster top to bottom in the AFC North. The question is the question you don't want to have to answer in the NFL. Do you have a great coach? Or do you have a great quarterback? When the Browns gave up the world and their integrity, when they gave Deshaun Watson the biggest contract in NFL history with the most guaranteed money in NFL history, a fully guaranteed deal, they were expecting to get Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson, the all-pro caliber player. They didn't get that last year when he was one of the worst players over the second half of the season at his position in the NFL. Jacoby Brissett was better than Deshaun Watson just last year. But this roster is loaded. It's a better roster than Pittsburgh has. It's a better roster than Baltimore has. And you can make the case it's a better roster, especially at some of the key positions, than the Cincinnati Bengals have. Except... At quarterback, if Deshaun Watson is, I don't know, 80% of what he was his final season in Houston before, and it must be said, he derailed his own career with a slew of sexual misconduct allegations against him and a fight, a public fight with ownership in Houston. If he's that guy on the field. Browns could win the AFC North. If he's not, if he's the guy we saw last year, yeah, they're going to be last again. And finally, Arizona Cardinals QB Kyler Murray has been named team captain once again by new head coach Jonathan Gannon. Rumor has it that Gannon made his decision after a night of playing Call of Duty Warzone after seeing how far Kyler would go to make sure he had his teammates back. And Kyler said he had that fire in his gut. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, the Lions and Chiefs are getting ready to open at the NFL season. So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.